Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Let me assert my family that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That was FDR, and that was high-def audio in the 40s, by the way. Uh, There's a thing about fear. It's like cancer. We can't see it coming, but we wake up, and there it is. And it grows in itself. It it finds root in our life. It it finds its way into the cracks of our life and into our world to where we didn't go looking for it. We didn't see it coming. And yet we wake up a year later, five years later, decades later, and there are fears that grip us relationally, financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And we didn't see them coming because that's how the enemy works. He works incrementally. He never slaps us in the face and says, here I am, I'm coming to get you. He works incrementally in our life, in our world, uh, because he wants to be stealth in what he does and how he comes across to us. And he is, and he's good at it. He's a master of every lie, the scripture says. Week one, and this, uh, to go along with this idea of finding contentment in chaos, we dealt with contentment killer number one, which is worry. And last week we dealt with contentment killer number two, which is envy. And this week we see contentment killer number three, which is fear. And I want us to see today how to beat that back. We're going to be in in 1 John chapter 4, if you want to turn there. And uh, then also in uh, Luke chapter 12. Um, Remember the TV show, The Fear Factor? Is it still on? used to be on years ago, Fear Factor. And they would have contestants on to eat worms or, you know, lay in a bed of spiders or do, do things that you're, you're, you're afraid to sign up to do, but you get, you, you, I guess you gain more money or more prizes if you get the further you go. But there were some freakish things people were afraid of that were uh, on that list, and I thought about opening the floor up today to let me know, let all of us know what your greatest fear is. Uh, as I shared with you in this week's e-news, according to Pew Research, Again and again and again, fear number one is doing what I do. It's public speaking, standing up in front of someone, someone else to share with someone else a, a thought or idea or, or a truth or whatever. Uh, that's not one of my fears, thankfully, but, but I can understand why people would be anxious about that. Let's see today where, when and where fear shows up and then how to deal with it when he does. First John chapter 4, look with me, if you will, at verses 17 and 18 together. It says this. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Look at that again. This is how we'll know that love is made complete in us and so that we'll we'll know we'll have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we're like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Well, fear, first of all, shows up when we follow a flawed model. It shows up when we follow a flawed model. That's what verse uh, 17 speaks to. He says, this is how love is made complete if in this world we're like Jesus. That's that's the the emphasis there, that he's the model to follow. Now, 
we're all living patterned lives, or what I, what I would refer to as a patterned life, meaning we're following patterns of someone or something. Maybe it's mom or dad. Maybe it's a coach, a friend, a pastor, a, a, an acquaintance, a, a book, an idea, a, a theory. We're all living patterned lives, and we don't, we don't see that coming either. We just naturally fall into that. We fall into becoming what we've seen, at least until we decide to be something else. Most of us grow up, our default system is mom and dad. We grow up being mom and dad, unless we make a conscious decision to head in a different direction, doing something different, making different decisions, processing life through a different lens. We grow up to be mom and dad. That's the pattern we follow. Um, and with, but regardless whether it's mom and dad, a coach, a friend, a, a, a loved one, a, an acquaintance, a, 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 whatever, a teacher, each of those are flawed models. If you're following your pastor, you're following a flawed model, I can tell you that this morning. Each of those are flawed models. My, my mom was a great saint of the Lord, and, but she was, she was a flawed model to follow. Um, each of us are following flawed models if, unless we're following his model. If in this world you're like Jesus, is what he said in there, in that, in that verse 17. Uh, look in chapter, uh, back up in chapter 3 of 1 John. Uh, this won't be on the screen. you have to turn to look at it. Look at verse 5 with me. Well, you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and watch this, and in him is no sin. He's a flawless model to follow. How do we know that? We know that because we have a flawless book to tell us so. Tell us that we're following a flawless model. Psalm 18, verses 30, verse 30 says this, As for God, his way is perfect. His word is flawless. His way is perfect. His word is flawless. Our culture holds up entertainers and politicians and athletes and uh, famous people as models to help shape our thoughts and shape our minds and shape our ideas. Uh, and, and we're right to be afraid of those. I hope you're afraid of those models. You're right to be afraid of those models if that's who you're following. But there's no fear there should be in walking out the footsteps of Jesus Christ. There should be no fear in following his model because his model is flawless and is perfect. Uh, why is that the case? Because we have his word and we have his spirit. We have his word to guide us. We have his spirit to protect us. We have his word in our minds and his spirit in our hearts. We're, if we're following him, we're following a perfect model. Anything else is a flawed model. That's where fear starts to show up, and rightfully so. Secondly, fear shows up when we're focused in the wrong direction. Look at verse 18 again with me. He says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So it's about whether we're focused on punishment or perfect love. About punishment or perfect love. It's, it's all about focus. And it's amazing that in a book so full of grace and so full of God's mercy, many of us often focus on punishment, focus on judgment. The world looks through the lens of, of, of saying, you and I hate them because we, we serve a God who is just. And we do serve a God who is just. And justice is coming. We also serve a God who is full of mercy and full of grace, and this book is full of that. Yet our focus is on punishment instead of perfect love, oftentimes. That's the enemy's doing, not our own. Uh, he wants us to see the, the punishment side, the judgment side, rather than the, the side of perfect love. Uh, punishment and judgment is, and, and destruction, in fact, is waiting on those who don't know Christ. But mercy and grace and forgiveness is waiting on those who do. Listen to how Micah uh, chapter 7, verse 18, puts this. Who is a God like you who pardons and forgives the transgressions 
of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. He delights in showing mercy. We need to be reminded that we've been forgiven by perfect love. Uh, and the reminder that love should really be as, serve as a catalyst to drive out fear. Um, it's it's our, the instigator of, the, our, uh, of our, our enemy, the devil, who wants to speak to, uh, something else to our minds and drive that out of our minds. But I encourage you to, to watch a child who <clears throat> either feels or perceives conditional love, meaning the better they do, the more their parents love them. The more, the more good acts they perform, the more, rightness, the, the more right they are, the better they are loved. They're, they're pleasers. They want to please. They're, they want to see, am I doing the right things? Am I getting the pat on the back? Am I getting the affirmation that I need? Yet a child or a person who sees and knows unconditional love is free of all of that. They're free of the bondage of, am I good enough? Have I done enough? Do I know enough? Am I smart enough? Do I have enough to offer? Unconditional love frees us, yet if we're focused on punishment, Instead of perfect love, we'll never see it. The unconditional love that's offered you and I should free you and I from fear. Yet we walk in fear because we see punishment instead of perfect love. Unconditional love should free us every time. We're focused in the wrong direction. Thirdly, turn to Luke chapter 12, if you will. We get these last two points from the 12th chapter of Luke. I want us to see, thirdly, fear shows up when we forget the power of God. Let's look at verses 4 to 7 of Luke chapter 12. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Yeah. Are not five sparrows sold worth two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Fear shows up when we forget the power of God. That's what he speaks to here to say, he, he's the one who has the authority at, that after you're dead and gone to throw your, your soul and, and yourself into hell. Um, I would ask this morning, who's in charge? Meaning, who has influenced, influenced you to the, to the extent that you believe what they have shared with you? Um, some of you here today have believed that you have no worth, you have no value, that you can't. You've heard before, you're useless, you're hopeless, uh, you're, you're never going to get above this, you're never going to get beyond that, that's going to be an albatross around your neck, but that's going to be who you are for the rest of your life. And some of you have believed that lie. And you've, you've allowed that person, or, or persons, or that concept, or the enemy himself, to have authority in, in, in helping you believe the lie that says, that's who you are, that's who you're always going to be never going to get above it, never going to get beyond it. And we're choosing to make the choice to believe that lie and believe that crap that just is totally from the pit of hell. Why? Because we've allowed the enemy or someone else to have too much authority and not recognize the power of God to say, you've been redeemed from that. You've been forgiven from that. Let's move on from that. That's not, that's not who you are. <clears throat> the who that I've designed you to be is where I want you to see yourself walking, not the who that someone else has designed and defined you to be. Uh, that's, those are people or circumstances or situations or whether it's the enemy, those are folks you've allowed to have authority in your life that you never should have. That you've allowed to have influence that you never should have. Push back against that today 
and see the one who, who really has the authority in the, and that authority is in the, in the hand and the power of God. The one who has the authority over your destiny and over your destination and everything between those two points, over your eternal soul, the part of you that lives forever, that person says this in Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 7. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might be able to show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. That's a picture of who he says you are. That's who you are. That's who he's defined you to be. Not, uh, not who, you, who, who, who this world says you are, who the enemy as you are. So my question is, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe that, that friend, that influencer, that, that coach, that, that adult that one time said, this is as good as it's ever going to get for you. You're never going to get beyond this. This is going to drag you down for the rest of your life. Or are you going to believe the one who says, I've freed you from that. I've forgiven you from that. So let's move on beyond that. Uh, the, the one who, Psalm 139 says, wove you together in your mother's womb one who, who, who knows every thought you've ever had and will ever have. That one says, you're a value. And he's the one who defines value. Uh, he's, he's the one who says, this is who you're really worth. So are you going to believe him or are you going to allow a culture that wants to cancel you out because you believe in Jesus to define who you are? Those are choices we have to make every day. We forget the power of God. That's where fear starts to show up. It shows up when we follow a flawed model. It shows up when we're focused in the wrong direction. It shows up when we forget the power of God. And finally, fear shows up when we wrongly define value. Fear shows up when we wrongly define, define value. Look at 6 and 7 again with me of Luke chapter 12. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. You're worth more. More than what? More than stuff. More than possessions. More than, more, than, more than ideas. When we wrongly define what has value and what doesn't, we wrongly fear what can't hurt us. Let me say that again. When we wrongly define what has value and what doesn't, we wrongly fear what can't hurt us. We allow it to because we wrongly define value. So what has value in your life? This or this? It's a choice we make every day. What has value? What has value? What's out here or what's in here? We make those choices every day. What has value to you and what doesn't? You're the one who's defining it. What is something worth? Well, it's worth what somebody will pay for it. It's worth, it's worth what, 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 what's, what somebody's willing to give for it. So the question is, what are you worth? Well, here's the answer. What has been paid for you? The one who has the authority... The, the, God of, the God of angel army says, I gave my son for you. That's what you're worth to me. His most prized possession given for you. That's what you're worth. He says, I give my son for you. Consequently, he's the one who defines our value, not us. He's the one who says, you're worth this to me. Not what someone else says. Now, if that's true, and it is, and if we believe it, that's the, that's the harder part. It's true whether we believe it or not. But if that's true, 
Why are you allowing yourself to continue to walk and live in fear? Why? It's, it's, it's craziness to think that he's the one who's defined our value. He's the one who's given us this idea of destiny and destination of who we are, who, who, who he's refining us to be, where we're headed when we die. He's the one who's, who, who's given us that value, and we're choosing to believe a lie every day instead of the truth of who he says we are. Uh, so what do we have to fear? What are, you, what are you afraid of today? Rioting? An election? A virus? I've said, <clears throat> I've said this before and I'll say it again. Either your God is big enough or he isn't. He either he is or he isn't. He's big enough for those things or he's not. That's, that's a choice you make every day. He's either shown up in your life before to say, I've got you. And I've got this, and I'm going to show you this again. I'm going to reveal this to you again, because you, didn't see, you saw it before, but you didn't get it. Here I am again. He's either that God that we could say, I trust you with it all. I trust you with my health. I trust you with my future. I trust, I trust you with my money. I trust you with what I know. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my kids. I trust you with my vocation. I trust you with it all. Or I, I would encourage you, find a bigger God. If your God's not big enough for those things, find a bigger God. Go search for a bigger God because you need a bigger God that you can trust and put your faith and trust and confidence totally in. Because if we're allowing those things, those circumstances, the, 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 the disheveledness and, and, and the, uh, uh, the corruptness of our culture, the, the, the things that, wants to, that, that the enemy wants to use in our culture to grip us and to hold us and keep us in fear, if we're choosing to stay in those places, we're making that choice every day because God says, that's not what you're worth. I died for your sins. That's not what you're worth. I've redeemed all of that. That's not, that's not what you're worth. This is who I say how much you, uh, this is how much you're worth to me. I've given my son for you. And so if he's big enough, then trust him. If he's not, find a bigger God. Fear shows up and we follow a flawed model when we're focused in the wrong direction, when we forget the power of God, and when we wrongly define value. Fear will find its way into those circumstances and situations every time, every time. An observation as we close and a question. Most of our fears, I believe, aren't based in reality, but rather in possibility. Our fears aren't based in reality, but rather in possibility. What do I mean by that? It's because we're usually not afraid of what has happened, but what could happen. Not what we, what we have already experienced, but what may, may be around the corner. Can I share with you, if there's a fear of what's out there, for you can I share with you what's out there he's out there and that's all you need to know because he says in Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans I have for you declares here's what's out there for you for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you plans to give you a hope and a future that's what's out there for you that's what's around the corner for you so what do you have to be afraid of what do you have to fear? How big is your God? Let's pray. Father, today contentment will, will be swept away by fear every time if we allow it to. And in the chaotic world we find ourselves living in, most of us are allowing fear to have a stronghold, to have a foothold that becomes a stronghold. So today, would you remind us from your word and with your spirit, fear can and should be beaten back by the truth of Scripture 
and by the reality that you've placed in our hearts of the Spirit guiding us to its truth to say, you are this, not that. You are, you, you are redeemed, not, not scheduled for sin. You, you, are, you have been placed in a, in a, in a place of elevation, in a place of, in a place of even holiness, joint heirs with Jesus, rather than who the enemy defines us to be. So, if we're following flawed models, would you change our thinking? If we're focused in the wrong direction, would you help us see what you want us to see? If we're wrongly defining value, would you help us to value the things you value, that your word says to value? Would you show us, would you reveal to us who you are? Would you help us see you in every, around every corner, knowing that what's ahead of us can, should, should, not be, should not have us gripped in fear because you're already ahead of us. You're around the next corner. You're already at tomorrow speaking truth to us today. Help us to see the reality of the fact that you're in charge. You're the, the authority, not us. We can trust you. We don't have to trust our own abilities, our own knowledge, our own experience, our own ideas. We can trust you and your word and your spirit every day. Remind us of that truth and help us to beat the chaos back and to find contentment again by putting fear to bed and nailing it down never letting it back into our lives again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.